The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and we're glad that you're listening with us today. We love uh, hearing your, from you, hearing your comments, seeing your comments on Facebook, and getting emails from you. And we want to thank you very much for participating here with us at Spirit of Recovery. We always are uh, bringing you a great guest and bringing you topics on the, uh, the issue of recovery that are relevant to the recovery community and that gets you thinking and gets you uh, into some new ideas and deepened inspiration for your own recovery journey. And we're uh, very glad that you're letting your friends know about Spirit of Recovery and uh, spreading the word about what we're doing here. Uh, Our guests uh, are always bringing you great information and uh, lots of inspiration. Our guests are always people that are down to earth, that are knowledgeable, that are innovative. They're either people that are in recovery themselves or that work uh, with recovering people or that may be right for recovering people or sometimes all the above. And they are bringing you great practical information that you can use in your recovery uh, journey and, and the interest that you have in the recovery process. We want you to know that you can, of course, listen to Spirit of Recovery uh, online at unity.fm, Unity Online Radio. Also, you can listen to archived programs of Spirit of Recovery, www.unity.fm backslash program backslash Spirit of Recovery. Also, you can listen on your smartphone to Spirit of Recovery and uh, any of the other great programs that are here on Unity FM. So there are lots and lots of ways that you can listen to us, and uh, we hope that you're doing that and spreading the word. The Spirit of Recovery is a welcome place, And so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're a family member that's in your own recovery as a family member, or a family member or friend of somebody that has the disease of addiction, uh, whether or not they're in recovery, <clears throat> or whether you're simply interested, curious about the process of recovery and looking for information, we welcome you here on the Spirit of Recovery, and we welcome your listening and welcome your participation in our discussions Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. 
I'm a unity minister. I'm an addictions counselor. And I'm also a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth, recovery, and spiritual development many years ago. And ever since then, my walk has been a wonderful integration of the unity and the recovery principles. And that walk uh, continues to transform my life. I am really grateful for the opportunity to share with you these ideas about recovery to bring you great guests. And um, I'm grateful for this day and grateful for all of you that are listening. So today our topic is what women know about recovery. And my guest today is Beverly B. Beverly has 24 years of sobriety herself. She's retired from a career in arts and education. And uh, in recent years, Beverly has gotten very involved with a nonprofit treatment center uh, that specializes in recovery for women. That treatment center is Nexus, N-E-X-U-S, and uh, you can uh, read more about Nexus. You can visit their website at nexusrecovery.org, N-E-X-U-S recovery.org. And again, that's a nonprofit treatment center that uh, specializes in retreatment and treatment for women. So Beverly's been very involved with them as a volunteer as part of, she's been president of the auxiliary that supports lots of the activities that occurs there for women. And she's also been an adjunct member of the board. Beverly's been very excited uh, about this program and uh, continues to be involved with it as a volunteer. It's a way for her to give back, to be of service in supporting women's long-term recovery. So she's going to be sharing with uh, us today about what she knows as a woman in her own recovery and also what she learns and what ha- what can happen for women in recovery when their special uh, issues, their special uh, needs are addressed and how their lives can blossom. So Beverly, welcome. We're so glad that you're with us today. Thank you so much. It's a lot, delight to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we're glad you're here. So... Um, in some ways, addiction is addiction, you know. It's in some ways the same for everybody, no matter what your outer circumstances. But yet there are some important ways that addiction affects women differently than it affects men. What, uh, what are some of those ways that women are affected by the disease of addiction? Well, I'll just speak to mainly what I have experienced. And... Um, well, I have a very good friend in recovery who says, I, I didn't know the onion was going to be this big you know, whenever you start looking at your issues. And for me as an alcoholic woman, um, certainly it was uh, that disease of alcoholism that was rampant in my family growing up. Um, but I realized how it impacted my relationships uh, all through my life. I, I think I was alcoholic from the get-go, but that manifests itself in my life as a, a, a people pleaser, <laughs> particularly so relationships were always very important to me. Uh, I, want, I needed and wanted approval and love, and um, actually I would, went into theater to get that a, really a, actively applause. Um, 
but it was always wanting wanting the people approve and love me. I grew up in an alcoholic home, and uh, I needed a lot of reassurance and and love around me. So relationships certainly were were always an utmost importance. So I think you know my my kind of second addiction is 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 relationships, and part of that is overactivity, <laughs> trying to do more. And that's what I find a lot of women that I experience in recovery. You know, doing doing all the work, making everybody happy, and uh, trying to fill in that hole. The other thing is, uh, for me, uh, as an alcoholic woman, self-care, because I was always focused on others, self-care was one of the most difficult things to begin to address. And, uh, of course, the largest thing I ever did in terms of self-care was, was to walk in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. I started my journey through Al-Anon because uh, after a very difficult divorce, my youngest son was, uh, well, we all, we all, it was a crazy time. You know, we all went into our own kind of thing to soothe our wounds, and I went to, to alcohol and relationships uh, trying to date after a 20-year marriage. My youngest son went into drugs and alcohol, and I, I went in with my hair ablaze, uh, crying and uh, so unhappy. And uh, I found out through Al-Anon there was a wonderful 12-step program. And uh, and uh, the, the, therein I could still have a glass of wine and, and get some of the 12-steps benefit. Uh, but then I began to address my own. And that's been a pattern in my life is looking outward at all those other people and then uh, – having trouble then beginning to look at my own self. But it was through recovery that I've begun that journey, and it's a wonderful journey. But the self-care, for what I hear about a lot of alcoholic women, self-care is really difficult. It's like, well, how do I do this? What do I do? The other uh, issue uh, for me as a woman and being alcoholic is um, is. I think that beyond the self care is, um, and I'm just I'm going blank right now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me ask you this: the, the um, I know sometimes one thing that happens for women that have this disease is the uh, self worth issues because it's certainly well, yeah. yeah it's a stigma for men. Exactly. But sometimes for women, it's like whoa, you know, not supposed Thank to be. Thank you doing so that. much for helping me out. Of course. <laughs> Because I was going to get to that. I don't, you know, sometimes these glitches kind of just come over and you think, oh, my gosh, where am I? What am I doing? Um, the, the self-worth, and for me, that was also then the depression that was underneath the addiction. Um, that because my self-worth was in such jeopardy, I mean, I, I came into the rooms of AA. Uh, my, um, I had a counselor once who said, I was afraid if I, if I touched you, 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 you know, you might just, you might bruise right there on the spot. I was so wounded. And uh, it, it's because the alcohol in many ways had been covering so much of the depression. And depression in my uh, growing up family as well as addiction just runs rampant. rampant. Uh, it, but I, a lot of women I have talked to in the program have, have depression and certainly that self-worth is just so damaged. So damaged because I feel like in our world, um, 
we still are a, a lot judged on how we look, how we act, what, you know, the surface stuff. And uh, the the path of recovery for me is that inside job of um, connecting with my higher power and knowing that I am um, a, a child loved by my higher power and uh, that I have so much to offer and give, but I, I felt like I had nothing when, when I walked in because I was just depleted spiritually, emotionally, and physically. My health was really, really uh, in jeopardy, and I didn't even know it. So um, I think those the self-worth, the depression, and the self-care, which are all kind of, I really think, very connected, are, are part of what specifically for women. And then you add on top of that, you look at the relationships, and if if if... You know, we all have relationships of some sort of the other, whether whether they're friends or or, or, or families of origin or uh, husbands or significant others or children, and um, you know how how I how I love myself and begin to be able to love others the way I think my higher power would 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 have me. Right. What was uh, as you have. Uh, worked with your self-care, what is, what's one of the, the uh, activities or one of the attitudes or things that you do to uh, give yourself care that really blesses you? Uh, well, um, there have been many things along the path because uh, at first it was just like, um, okay, you know, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, you know, taking care of those very, very basic Things you know, talk to another alcoholic. Those things that they tell us in the program to do: uh, get enough to eat, get enough sleep, you know, take a hot bath. <laughs> you know, those kinds of very fundamental self-care. Um, uh, I also, you know, started getting more massages, got, trying to get a little more uh, exercise, doing yoga, those kinds of things. But then as I, um, it took me a long time to even just, I, I didn't have a pink cloud like a lot of people do, and I tell people it wasn't even lavender. I just was, I was, I was pretty depleted in, in all areas, and so it took me almost a year to kind of get those cobwebs out of my head and to begin to uh, think, oh, there's more than just, you know, getting a good night's sleep, going to meetings, uh, having a quiet time, that meditation, connecting with my higher power, talking with other uh, alcoholics. Um, it just took me a long time. And then as my journey has proceeded, uh, I'm beginning to, I mean, lately have been working with a wonderful woman on some codependency issues that's been very, very helpful for me and, and learning about how my relationship to myself to my higher power and to others, it's kind of gotten a little twisted along the ways because of all of that uh, growing up in an alcoholic home. And I mean, that's for me that is that's that's basic for uh, the basic kind of uh, self care. Beyond that is uh, oh, I mean, it sounds simple, and I think all women deal it on on all different levels, but. Uh, you know the physical care of ourselves, taking taking, uh, you know, getting to the doctor. I mean, I've I've talked to women who said, "Well, I, I haven't had a pap smear in so long. I've never had a mammogram." And I said, 
you know, hey, that's that's just part of the basic stuff we do to care for ourselves and our health. And the other part of it is uh, looking at, you know, looking at the well, part of the fourth step, looking at some of our choices and the things that we can clean, how we can clean up our side of the street, uh, and then continuing to do that, you know, that personal inventory. It's, it's self-care. It's, and I don't know any other program that is so wonderful about um, getting us better at, 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 at being the people I think the God of our understanding would have us be, to just be better, do better, um, and, and yet just be comfortable with who and what we are and loving ourselves in that. And that, that for me, that, that beginning really self-love, Self-care, you know, stems from the self-love, from I am important, I am a child of God, I, I have something wonderful that's unique to, to offer the world. And not in a puffy way, because for me, it was either one way or another, I was better than you, or, you know, or, or, or awful, you know, <laughs> just, mm-hmm. you know, not, not worthy in any way of, of, of even connecting. So finding a balance of of um, of love of myself, not in a puffed up way, but in a very genuine uh, way, the way that I think our our spirit, our higher power, loves us, loves me. Right. What's one way that uh, a relationship has improved uh, through your learning to love yourself or get connected oh. with that? <laughs> Well, I think I think all all of my relationships really have improved because the first thing is I've begun to be more honest with myself about who I am, what my my needs and wants are. I'm I'm still <laughs> working at speaking up, but it's coming a little easier, which is which is really good for me. Uh, of, of saying in a nice way, I, for me, I just. Um, I could be a really carping bitch, you know, <laughs> and I was angry a lot of my life. And um, I grew up around boys, and so I really thought you had to get angry to get what you wanted or needed. That's not real healthy for a lot of relationships. Um, I have my now husband, who we've been married uh, 15 years, I, I'm getting better at honestly saying, in, in a loving way to him, but also affirming to me, um, you know, speaking with, of course, I statements or saying what, what I want or this may be about me and not you. But I have been timid a lot of my life in saying because I wanted to please, you know, the, the person I was in relationship with, I, uh, I was always scrambling to, to meet your needs and, and not mine and not really being honest about that. And uh, so I, I think my relationship with my husband is better. My relationship with my two adult sons is so much better. Um, Alan helps that, and with with the, the, particularly these three men in my life and my sweet little grandson, that I, I, I try to you know just care for me, and in so doing, uh, not try to overdo for other people, uh, for those people I love. Thank you, Beverly. It's time for our break. Thank you for sharing with us. Listeners, hang in there. We'll be right back and hear some more about what women know about recovery.
If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. My affirmation of faith is, I release and I let go. I release my desire to control people or situations. I let go of fear, worry, and doubt. I trust in divine power, which is infinitely capable of establishing right outcomes. I align myself with this power through prayer and meditation. Opening my mind and heart to the wisdom of the universe, I recall the promise, I am with you always to the end of the age. With this assurance, I find the strength to let go of anything holding me back. Letting go and letting God is a choice. It empowers me to move forward with ease and confidence. It provides me peace of mind and the assurance of divine order. As I let go and let God, I open the door to infinite possibilities. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word digital magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. is turning five this year and we're throwing the biggest bash of all a cruise to the caribbean november 10 through 17 2012 we'll celebrate in style aboard holland america lines eurodam with sunshine fine dining and a selection of island excursions at beautiful ports of call in the eastern caribbean plus feed your spirit with music message and meditation Your favorite hosts will be there, and we hope you will join us too as we celebrate five years of spiritual programming at Unity Online Radio. For more information, visit www.unity.fm forward slash cruise. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're listening with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is What Women Know About Recovery. And my guest is Beverly B. Uh, we're talking about how what some of the unique issues and the unique uh, situations and, and so forth that keep women in long-term recovery and how it is that women may have a, some things that are different from men in terms of what they need in treatment and what they need in recovery. 
Beverly has 24 years of sobriety. She's retired from a career in the arts and education, and she is a very active volunteer at an excellent uh, nonprofit treatment center that focuses on women's special needs, and that's called Nexus. And you can visit their website at Nexus, N-E-X-U-S, nexusrecovery.org, and see the amazing things that they offer for women. But before we get back to our conversation with Beverly, I invite you to join me for a very uh, brief moment to relax in our serenity minute. I invite you to share with me this constructive idea as you relax and allow your heart and your mind to open up to that presence of your higher power with you. So here's this constructive idea. I let my higher power's love for me flow in and refresh me. I let my higher power's love for me flow in and refresh me. Thank you for joining me in the Serenity Minute, and I trust that that uh, did touch your heart and mind and open you up to that love that your higher power has for you. And now we're back talking with my guest, Beverly B., about what women know about recovery. Beverly, you um, uh, have been in a very male-oriented environment um, and and had some ways that that has affected you in terms of how you perceived yourself and, uh, and how you uh, maybe address your recovery. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, um, I grew up in, a, in an alcoholic home, and I had three brothers, and I was the youngest, and... Um, uh, I always wanted to kind of keep up, and yet I always felt different. And I can remember with my with my brothers, all three older, who were out either building a Christmas tree fort or playing football. I said, you know, give me the damn football. And they'd go, hey, go play with your dolls. Go twirl your baton. I said, I'll do that, but give me the ball. <laughs> I, you know, always wanting to be a part of. And I think that not only just in, in terms of gender, but, but feeling less than, feeling separate, and not feeling totally apart uh, uh, was for me, particularly as, as a woman, and always being, mostly being in a male situation. Um, you know, it just fed all those isms in me, and, and, and it fed the self-doubt, the, the self-worth, um, you know, which was tottering anyway, uh, so it, you know, it, 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 for me as a woman, there were there were certainly issues I needed to address. And whenever in my adult life, I had had two two sons, and then I ended up teaching at a boys' school. <laughs> so I'm always around the guys, and I love the guys. But the I think what for me, um, oh my goodness, my, my my meetings that that are all women, either Al-Anon or AA. It, it is a sisterhood that I have yearned for all my life of deep caring and respect and love and understanding and, and so much of, of the, the sameness of not, you know, that I'm not so unique that, that I share with other women these, these struggles. And what, one of the favorite meetings I go to uh, has all, oh, we have some newly recovered, we have some long-term sobriety, but women in all uh, all kind of different stages in their life, it is so reassuring to know that the God of our understanding carries us through all of these different kind of phases, and, and we and we don't have to drink, you know, about about it with difficulties and the joys. 
So uh, I love the guys, and I have some friends from college who say, you know, you just want to be one of the guys, and I feel like many times one of the guys, but uh, I, I love being a woman, and um, I love... Uh, I love my women friends, particularly my women friends in recovery. They're they're one of the greatest gifts I've had through the program. Mm-hmm. What? Well, yeah, that's wonderful. That identification is so important to to as you said to kind of have a sense of of um, who who I am helps almost to define self. All of us need yes. to be around people that, in whatever way it is that we define as like ourselves in some ways. Yes. Sometimes, yeah, we need I, I really needed that. I certainly did. Now, you, your father and your brother uh, both died of the disease of alcoholism. That uh, must be difficult. It's a, this is a family disease. We know that. Yep. How has that yep. impacted your uh, recovery process? Well, it, it impacted My father died of esophageal cancer, which we know is uh, <laughs> drinking and smoking. Um, and my uh, brother was 45 when he passed away of cirrhosis of the liver. And the mythology in our family, God love my mother, used to say, well, it was Agent Arn. He, he was a Marine in Vietnam. But, you know, I knew that, I knew that he was putting down an awful lot of Jack Daniels. And, uh, I, um, but it, because of that, it was so hard for me at first to say and to claim my alcoholism. I was afraid if I really, I mean, it was just this, so stupid when I look back on it, but, that if I said I was an alcoholic, that I was doomed to die, you know, that my, my dad did and, and my brother did. So it took me a while. I just sat in AA rooms and, uh, and, and held the hands of other, particularly women, alcoholics, and, and they loved me kind of into recovery till I could say, I am Beverly, I am an alcoholic. Uh, but it, you know, the isms were all there in the family. But uh, to have... People, I mean, the reality is this is a, you know, addiction is a killer disease. And, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, it's wonderful that we can laugh and have fun and, and the joy of life, but, um, I, I forget sometimes that it is a killer disease and, uh, I'm so grateful to be alive. I, you know, I'm so grateful to be alive. Yeah. One of the things that you do that supports other women and being alive and, and uh, is a part of your service in recovery is your volunteer work at Nexus uh, Recovery Center for Women. What, uh, what do you get out of participating there at Nexus as a volunteer? Oh, well, it is, as you say, an opportunity to give back. Um, I, I, the first time I was at Nexus, I was invited by a friend friend in recovery to go and help with the holiday party. Nexus, the Women's Auxiliary does Christmas, Halloween, and Easter parties. And I went to one, and I was seeing those mothers and pregnant women, women who can go there who are pregnant. They also take teenage girls. Um, We have a large, a large number of teenage girls coming in with heroin uh, addiction. Um, But seeing those women with those children trying to rebuild their lives, coming there to make their life better, but in so doing, changing profoundly their children's lives, I thought, this is what I want to be a part of. Uh, this is important. This affects this woman, but it affects this child, the community, our, our country, and the future. 
and I thought, I want to do, I want to be a part of this. I want to support this. Many of the women are indigent, although there are some for pay women there. But uh, I just, I just thought this. I have a friend who says, educate the woman, you educate the family. And I just think whenever you make a woman's life better, you profoundly affect uh, usually more than more than just her. <laughs> and seeing those kids, those babies, and those pregnant women, and those young girls um, making their lives better, trying to get sober, trying to get clean, and, and have a better life. That's what, that was the ticket for me. Absolutely. Yeah, boy, what a what a gift that is to be to be part of that for sure. It's pretty rare, isn't it, to have a treatment center that uh, is, is set up so that women can bring their children while they're in treatment. Do you know? How it rare is, that is? Um, in North Texas. Nexus is the only one, and there aren't that many, I think, nationwide that are are really looking uh, specifically at addiction in women and the fact that they can come pregnant because there's a lot of stigma with that. You know, what, what are you doing having a baby and, you know, addicted? Well, you know, that, that, that new, that unborn, it's got to be better if that woman gets off whatever she is. Um, so whatever she is on. So the, and, and teenage girls, they're only, we've done some research and I think there are only like 16 beds in, in our large metropolitan area for teenage girls who are addicted. And you think, there's got to be quite a few teenage girls that need a lot, need a helping hand, that need, that need some, some help to make their life better. Um, so I think it is rare, and particularly rare for women to be able to bring their children, because often uh, in, in uh, Dallas, where I live, the women, if you you know, are having a drug-alcohol problem, or we bring a lot of them from jail and a lot of the judges know about Nexus, what they will do is if you go into detox, then you're separated from your children, and Child Protective Services will come and take those children, and once you get clean or sober, you may not get those children back. So to be able to go to a place where you can detox and you can get clean and sober and your children are cared for, we have a wonderful child care center, um, you know, they go to school, they have um, a wonderful facility, to uh, dorms with where the moms and the, and the children stay during the day. The moms are, are working on, on themselves, getting, uh, getting better. And the children have a stable environment. They have good things to eat. And moms are learning how to be better mothers. So, it, you know, it's, it's, it, it warms this mother's heart. To, to know that uh, that I can I can maybe maybe help another mother and another child. Right, it's so important, you know, as you said that that the children, women are able to bring their children, or they can come if they're pregnant, because that's a real huge barrier to women being willing and, or able even to get into treatment. Is what are you know what's going to happen with their children, as you described exactly. or. In another situation, you know, like who's going to take care of them or whatever. So this is such an important part of uh, services for women is to be able to uh, help them stay connected to their children while they're in this process and, and not run the risk of, of losing those children. Right. Yeah. Some, occasionally there will be, um, you know, some family members who can take care of children. 
but uh, what I hear from the women at Nexus often is, uh, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't have any place to go, and I didn't know, I, I wanted to get help, but I didn't know what I was going to do with my kids. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they could come and get help and bring their kids, and their kids would be well cared for, uh, and not separated from them, is is was was the most important things in in many women, you know, getting into recovery. When um, uh, what do the 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 fam- the women learn about parenting? You said that part of of the recovery process for them there is that they learn parenting skills. How what happens, and what are some things that you see uh, good that's happening for the children in that regard? Well, I, I, you know, the children are, or as I said, at you know, a, a very warm, nurturing uh, child care center. Um, the the moms have have times with them, uh, and I think there are some there are classes in some parenting skills as well as you know life skills for for the mom. Um, they have uh, whenever like the auxiliary brings um, the parties out. Um, and I think uh, just engaging the, the moms in um, and being in experiences where they can see some uh, really positive ways of relating to their children by by some classes of, of uh, expectation for age appropriate, you know, so that whenever I, for what I've seen is when women or any of us are, are so are so focused on ourselves and our addiction, um, the, the care for a child and a child's needs at what appropriate time, what is appropriate for a child, what, what a child needs with their developmental task, and to, for women to understand that and to be able to get beyond themselves to begin to give to the children what it is they need. Uh, I, I think there, there are classes in that, and they're, uh, so they're working on themselves, but they're also working on how, learning how to be a, a good mom uh, to their children, what the children need at what point. And um, so that, I think that's always helpful information uh, and just makes for a better, for a better parent. Right, um, for sure. And I know, excuse me, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no I know that uh, also that the Nexus has some uh, information or uses some materials and so forth from the Betty Ford Center. I uh, was able to have Jerry Moe, who runs the children's program at Betty Ford, on as a Spirit of Recovery guest back in February. So that's an yes. excellent program. Do, do, while the children are there with their moms, do they get some uh, therapy themselves? Yes, they do. Uh, they're on-site therapists um, that, and, and, and um uh, and so there, there, you know, there's so many ways, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. They're they're getting they're getting a lot of input. Uh, also, um, they're connected with. We have a program in Dallas called Rainbow Days, which is specifically for children of uh, addicted parents, and it, it's teaching those children life skills, care, self care. Uh, appropriate boundaries, uh, you know, asking for what you want, seeing help and hope, and uh, finding those venues where, uh, you know, the child gets gets what the child needs. So that that's an important part of, and and it's connected with Nexus as well. Um, the uh, um, 
What is another wonderful thing that they're doing, I think, that, that helps mom, helps the family ultimately, is um, UT Southwestern uh, has done a lot of research and is working with uh, women at Nexus doing some research on cessation of smoking, which is, you know, self-care, how can, how can I, you know, one, one addiction and then trying to deal with another one, and also uh, exercise and, and uh, uh, dealing with weight. Uh, one of the things that I found, too, I know that one of my uh, secondary addiction is food. You know, I just give me the Bluebell ice cream and I can go after it. Uh, so um, I think, uh, you know, those, all of those kinds of programs, they're so, there's, that Nexus just got a, a wonderful federal grant on uh, addiction in in uh, pregnant women. And so I think there's just so much, uh, the Betty Ford program, there's so much that we're learning that we can do with, with, these, with women and with, with these children and making their lives better. So that Beverly, they have thank a future. You. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be right back. It's time for our break. Okay. Um, and okay. thank you so much. Powerful stuff. Okay. Listeners, hang with us. We'll be right back. All right. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. My affirmation of faith is, I release and I let go. I release my desire to control people or situations. I let go of fear, worry, and doubt. I trust in divine power, which is infinitely capable of establishing right outcomes. I align myself with this power through prayer and meditation. Opening my mind and heart to the wisdom of the universe, I recall the promise, I am with you always to the end of the age. With this assurance, I find the strength to let go of anything holding me back. Letting go and letting God is a choice. It empowers me to move forward with ease and confidence. It provides me peace of mind and the assurance of divine order. As I let go and let God, I open the door to infinite possibilities. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word digital magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right centered and connected to the truth within you to learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine go to www.dailyword.com what would a human life based on the principles of an evolutionary spirituality look like reverend kelly isola wants to talk with people of every faith or no faith at all To passionately participate in the next great epic in the emergence of consciousness and culture. If the choice is ours to consciously evolve, then what can life look like at this pivotal time in human history? Join us each Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time for Spiraling Consciousness with host Reverend Kelly Isola right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, 
Call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're listening with us today. If you're just joining us, our topic is What Women Know About Recovery. And my guest is Beverly B. Beverly is sharing with us about her 24 years of sobriety and what she knows from that particular perspective of a woman in recovery, what it takes to stay in long-term recovery. And she's also sharing with us about her volunteer work at Nexus, which is an excellent nonprofit treatment center that focuses on women's recovery. And uh, just they do great things there. And she's sharing with us about some of the unique things they do that really support long-term sobriety for women. So, Beverly, before uh, the break, you were telling us about just the many things that happen uh, for children at uh, Nexus, the children that come in with their moms, and the many ways that the family gets support. Um, How's that important? It's important to the community and important to the family. It it begins to break break the cycle of addiction. Yes, yes. well, we know uh, those of us who grow up in in a, a, addictive homes that um, you know that cycle is, is is a hard one to break. And the earlier you know we, that any of us get into recovery, the better. That's why it's so wonderful to see you know our adolescents, our teens come in and and not have to go through a whole life of of, of addiction to 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 get, to get to get the help we need. And for those children um, that are in, you know, that so many of, of the children at Nexus, I mean, these, these are single, uh, you know, single uh, adult in the family, the, the, the mom's it, and so like, just like so many of our, our families in, in our nation, where the, the woman is it. And if that woman is, uh, you know, tied to that addiction, then those children are not getting what, what they need. They don't have a chance. Uh, but whenever that, that cycle can be broken, that mom can get into recovery, that young child or that, you know, that, that, uh, they, they see their mom be better. They see their mom getting help. They see that, that recovery is possible and their lives can get better. Uh, part of what Nexus does in, in supporting those women is, because so many come with nothing. I mean, literally nothing. The clothes on their backs. We have a, the auxiliary creates a clothes closet. We also help and donate, uh, items for, and Nexus is helping women get, you know, furniture and just household goods to get into an apartment after they've done their 90 days or their six months or whatever at Nexus. And then to get into the, their, their, their first home and supporting them, they have an outpatient where they can come, the children are cared for, and they can come to meetings. They can talk through the, the, those, the problems they're having getting back into the community and then, uh, and then beginning to get work, to get a job. And some of them go into, into uh, which I think is so wonderful, have begun to go into uh, addiction counseling and have come back to Nexus and are helping the women as they were helped, which I think really speaks to the program. This, this program at Nexus, is, they just celebrated 41 years, and our executive director has been there 21 years. It's not a fly-by-night 
But that consistency is so important in the family and in recovery and then in the community with those the women, you know, finding their way back. Right. It's hard to measure, uh, you know, success rate, so to speak, but uh, every program tries. And so what, uh, what's the measurement on the success rate for well, people yes, that graduate? Well, it, it, is, it is very difficult. And that, uh, the, the problem is once, you know, a woman and her, her children get out of Nexus, it's, they're working on, on creating an alumni kind of situation so that they will get together so they can track better because the, the tracking of so many grants and, and uh, the foundations that, that would help and can and do help Nexus Many of them, bottom line is, how many people are you helping and how long do they stay in recovery? Well, we all know in, in recovery, it's hard to, it's hard to know that. But from what we've, uh, seen in the past couple of years is three and five years out, we think it's, it's near 73, 75%, which is huge. Huge, I think, yes, uh, in terms of the, uh, of the addiction community. And I think, some of the motivators, of course, the only motivator any of us can have is, is our own desire to, to not drink or drug. But um, as a mother, uh, wanting to do better, seeing our children thriving rather than just the whole family going down the tube is a great motivator, knowing that life can get better with, with some help, with a hand, helpful hand out there uh, like Nexus and other programs. That, that help support that family to get back into life and to, to find some joy and hope. Right. Uh, also, there, there they provide services for adolescents in outpatient and inpatient, and yes. that's so important. What's, what, uh, what happens there for adolescents who have the disease of addiction? Well, the, the, women's, auxiliary, yeah, the women's auxiliary also started... Uh, uh, a mentoring program, and, and it is still in the, just the beginning, beginning thought of it. But um, these, you know, from we, from we have a lot of thirteen to seventeen year old women who are young girls who are coming in and addicted some to heroin. We have a big cheese ep- epidemic in our community, and and quite a few deaths. And it's you know been on the front front the front page of the paper, and it's gotten some. Uh, attention from people, and there's not enough. People don't know enough about it. how do how do you relate to a, a young girl? You know, I feel like girls have so much pressure on them. I mean, so much more than I did growing up. Uh, and so they're they're looking at what do what what do teenage girls need to get into recovery? In our mentoring program, I mean, just it was a small little thing that we we've, we've done. We took uh, we took out. Uh, the, a coordination with, uh, uh, in our area, we have uh, the ELISA project, which deals with eating disorders, because we, we have a lot of those, and sometimes the uh, eating disorder uh, addiction and the alcohol or drugs can go hand in hand. But that project came in and had a spokesperson, talked a little bit about its beginnings, and talked about self-esteem and self-image, how you see yourself. Um, and then the second component of the evening was, it was really a lot of fun. Uh, we did something on uh, self-defense, 
uh, with, you know, protecting yourself as, you know, your, your body, you are important. You don't have to have anybody messing with you. Uh, and so this woman did, uh, she has two daughters and she's learned a lot about self-defense. And so, um, with that program, those two, with those two issues, it's, it's inside out kind of what we were dealing with. And every one of the adult women who were there were volunteers, were partnered with a teen girl and talked about, and most of them were in recovery and, 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 and talked with them, uh, in an open, uh, straightforward manner and, and made some connections with these, these, uh, teenage girls and, uh, I, the one, the one that I had as my partner, she was just bright and and fun, and I just, you know, I felt a real kinship with her, um, and I've tried to kind of connect with her. Uh, it's not been real successful, but we're hoping that we will continue that because the needs of the uh, the teenage girls are are very specific, I think, and of course they're still processing and then still dealing with. Uh, self-image and uh, how they how they fit into this world, which all teenagers do. But when you put an addiction on top of that or in the mix, it, it, it's, um, it's a big deal. Right. That's a very uh, powerful connection with them. What uh, to have uh, for those girls to have as uh, a mentor and just as somebody to look up to or a, a woman that's been down the road with all yeah. of it, that's an incredible gift to them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a big uh, deal. We're, we just are almost uh, at the end of our time here, but how does spirituality fit into what happens there for women? What do women need spiritually? Well, certainly, uh, you know, they have the, the, the 12-step programs. Of course, the basis of the 12-step program is the spiritual program. Uh, finding, connecting to that, God of their understanding, the, uh, their higher power. Um, one of the things also that, that we do to, and it, it, it's a spiritual uh, process for me, is the auxiliary brings out massage night and we bring out, and, and I'm not a massage therapist, but I, I can use my hands. We, they're, they're, we have, we've bought four chairs and the adult women just get a five minute massage, you know, on their back and head and neck and their hands and, uh, there are candles and, and wonderful music, kind of, it's a kind of a dark room. And then we have, when they leave, they get a cookie and a, and a, a glass of water, and then they get a, a, some kind of spiritual message on a piece of paper. And they say that calming, quiet time and the hands-on, many of these women have not had any physical touch without somebody expecting something from them. And, uh, so that, that, that 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 touch, and then also the spiritual message. I think that just being affirmed in that in that message, and also we have a, a serenity garden that we've helped put up to where they can go and be quiet and get in touch with their their higher power. Our families can go and sit with their that you know their the, the person in their family that's getting into recovery. Um, you know, the serenity, a place to, to connect with that, their spiritual nature, their, uh, their higher power. And of course, that's the, that's the cornerstone, I think, yeah, for any of us. And it's such a personal thing, but such, so, so important. And, um, so that certainly is, uh, is 
foremost in, in what what they do uh, with their, and I think they have like two to three like meetings in terms of like what would we call AA or uh, <laughs> NA kind of meetings uh, during the day. And and I think uh, Al-Anon meetings are brought also for uh, for the families. So it's uh, that spiritual connection is 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 primary. Beverly, our time is unfortunately up, but thank you so much. You are just giving us such a beautiful picture of, of uh, service and of giving back and of connection and of what uh, what can happen for women and of making spirituality real. Thank you oh, so thank much. Thank you. Thank you. It's we're been a so pleasure. glad to hear. Great. Well, we're glad you've done it. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in today and have a blessed week. Know you're, uh, that higher power is with you and guiding you and loving you all the way. And be back with us here again on Spirit of Recovery next week. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on this message from Daily Word. Is something in your life causing you concern? Don't be discouraged. The presence of God is peace and harmony, healing and creative ideas, is with you every moment of every day, providing the help you need. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. You are a spiritual being, blessed with all that you need for happiness and fulfillment. God's wisdom will guide you. God's strength will help you do all that you need to do. And God's joy will lighten your heart with hope and courage. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. 
and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.